Welcome to the Rick Fuller Podcast, presented by Rick Fuller, the team leader of the Rick Fuller team, which serves the San Francisco Bay Area and Sacramento County. Rick is a community leader, national real estate coach, and real estate investing expert. Listen in as Rick starts his series on culture at an in-person team meeting. This first of three presentations is entitled Defining Culture. So I want to talk to you today about culture. And culture is a word that kind of stretches over a lot of different things, doesn't it? I mean, can you think about culture like pop culture? I used my first DEF the other day in a text message, and the girls, my daughters, thought it was the craziest thing that dad has shortened definitely to just that. <laughs> and they come home and they say things like lit and cabin, and I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm very, very concerned, but I'm not talking to you about pop culture. Uh, I'm not talking to you about ancient culture. You want to learn about that? Talk to Brian. He was there. <laughs> <laughs> the days of antiquity. Oh, oh, oh. He has the defender. <laughs> and um, I'm not talking to you about cultural cuisine, like different foods and things like that. I can remember I was in Spain. Joe, Shelby, our families were there. And my oldest daughter, who was here just a few moments ago, said, Dad, I've... Uh, I'm eating the cultural cuisine, and I said, well, that's great. I'm so proud of you. What did you order? It's said, chicken nuggets and fries. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about company culture. And I'm curious to hear from you, what do you think it is? How do you define it? Yes, Mario. Core beliefs. Okay, our core beliefs. Okay, what else? Support system. A support system. A support system, sure. Has something to do with that. You, our foundation. Okay, maybe. Maybe I have something to do with it. I hope so. <laughs> maybe one more. Our values. Our values. Would you agree that it's difficult to define? I think it is. Like it's hard to kind of just put your finger. Because I think it's all of those things and more, right? So you know, you what you do is if you don't know how to define something, you go to Webster's Dictionary, and they do it perfectly. And here's how they describe it: They say culture is an umbrella term which encompasses the social behavior and norms found in human societies, well as the knowledge, belief, arts, laws, customs, capabilities, and habits of the individual in these groups. Help me. Not at all. <laughs> Shoot. And I think that when we talk about culture, I don't know that I can tell you exactly what it is. I can tell you what it feels like. I can definitely tell you. When I hear the stories of Enron and how they cooked the books and they consumed all of their employees 401k. Uh, that doesn't feel very good to me. That feels like a bad culture. Would you agree? Yeah. You know, I went to DMV the other day. <laughs> I didn't need to tell you a story. No. <laughs> Hour and a half waiting in line, and then I realized I don't have the piece of paper they want me to have. Good culture, bad culture. What say you? <laughs> hey, what about Wells Fargo? Remember the email scandal? Like, we need to create some more accounts, we need to sell some more accounts, therefore, 
We're going to put so much pressure on you that you then, as, a, as an employee, go and create this massive email scandal? Good culture, bad culture, what say you? Here's an example of what I think. Uh, how about Comcast? Listen to this experience. Let's see if I have my speaker on. This um, experience is from a caller. And at the end, I want you to tell me if you think this was good culture or bad culture. And uh, we can't listen to the whole thing. It's too long. It's eight minutes. And, and they're five minutes into the phone call. This guy is trying to cancel his Comcast service. <laughs> five minutes into the call. I'm now going to pick it up. We're going to listen to it for a few minutes. And it continues to go on even after the recording. Are you ready for it? We'll not give you that speech. Okay, we'd like to, we'd like to disconnect. We'd like to disconnect, please. How do you understand why you can't just disconnect us? <laughs> because my job is to have a conversation with you about having about this, I mean, keeping your service, about finding out why it is that you're looking to cancel the service. I don't understand. Is this, is if this if you for like, to me, you can definitely go into the Comcast store and disconnect your service there. Okay. And you're just asking to do two birds. If you kill two birds with one stone, you got to return that cable card to the store anyway. We're actually going to just mail the cable card in, but if you can just please cancel our service, that would be great. That's okay, all. We that is all we want. We're actually not able to return a cable card by mail. Then I will send someone like a task rabbit to go return the cable card for us. <laughs> I don't personally intend to go okay. return the cable card. That's why we're probably not going to be canceling in store. So that's why I need you to cancel by phone. So can you cancel us by phone? The answer is yes, correct. I mean, it sounds like you don't want to go over this information with me. I mean, if you're not wanting to go over that information, okay, that's the easiest way to get your your account disconnected. I am declining to state why we are leaving Comcast because I don't owe you an explanation. So if you can please just proceed to the next question. If you have to fill out your form, that's fine. Please proceed to the next question and we'll attempt to answer that if possible. I'm declining to say we're switching. Into an eight minute recording that was picked up. Five minutes into the discussion, it's this over and over and over again. Good culture, bad culture. <laughs> so I think it looks like this. And this is uh, not something original for me. Have you ever heard of a guy by the name of Simon Sinek? Yeah. So I think what it looks like, and he talks about it, and I'm going to call this the company circle. Uh, the company culture circle, and I think it looks like this. And no, I am not drawing a donut. That yeah. <laughs> all those companies I mentioned to you, Enron, Wells Fargo, Comcast, we can go on and on and on, DMV, I think they begin this whole process of their priorities. Their target is what they do. And then, and only then, do they figure out the how they do it. And way out here is an afterthought of why. Let me, let's see if we can test this hypothesis that I've given you together. Comcast. 
Is their main focus their product, what they sell? Yes or no? Yes. Their, their main focus is their product. So they need to sell lots of products and they need to keep the people that they that subscribe, right? They do not want them to go. And so their what is we need to sell a lot of subscriptions. Okay, so this leads to sales. <clears throat> and the how is going to be we will do whatever it takes to make a sale and to keep a sale, yes? Yes. And that becomes their, their their model. And why? They want to produce sales, they want to produce profitability, they want to produce commissions. You could say that about DMV, you could say that about Wells Fargo, you could say that about all of these, what we would consider companies that have a bad culture. Does it have to be that way? Let's talk about some companies that are historically known for having a great company culture. Have you ever heard of the Nordstrom story? Several of you have. I verified this was a true story because I didn't know if it was a myth, but this happened in Alaska and a guy came in and he brought in a set of tires to Nordstrom. And he, he rolled them up to the return counter, said I'd like to return these set of tires. And Nordstrom gives them, gives this gentleman back $149 for the tires. Loads up the tires in the back of his vehicle. The employee goes back to the tire store and returns them. Okay. I think that this company and several others operate in a very different model. I think these are swapped. I think the why they do what they do is at the center of what they do. And the what is way out here. Uh, let me give you another example. Has anybody ever had a flat tire and gone to American Tires? Raise your hand. How much do they charge you to repair that flat tire? Zero. They don't charge you anything. So, so maybe... Maybe they're more about why the, having the customer have a great experience. How they do that is they'll repair, repair, replace, repair your tire for free. And what they do is they sell tires. Let's look at a couple more examples. And then we'll go to the real estate business. Southwest. Does anybody know the origin of Southwest Story? It's become the number one most popular airline company. And Southwest started with a philosophy, the why, and they said every person in America should be able to take a flight. That was a, and if you think back to where they're at, you got Delta Airlines, you got United Airlines, and you got First Class. Every person in the world ought to be able to take a flight. So how do we then adjust our business? We're going to adjust our business by we do not have first class tickets. Are you following this? Because every person needs to, should be able to take a flight wherever they want to go. And then Delta, then you, uh, Southwest said, if every person needs to take a flight, then we need to adjust how we do this, and we need to make sure that our flights are full 
and profitable. And would you agree that Southwest are some of the most fullest like <laughs> And they're often the most affordable. How many people Southwest is like the first place they go to for their flights? They're the most affordable because that's their why. And so you're not going to get a three-course meal on a Southwest plane, right? On a flight, you're going to get what? And peanuts fit their why. Dropping first-class flights fits their why. Flying full flights into most popular convenient destinations fit their why. Let's look at Apple. Apple's another great example of this. Apple, Apple has turned electronics first a uh, $3 trillion company in human history. Apple has turned electronics upside down, hasn't it? And if you think about Apple, what's their why? Their why is to challenge the status quo. A lot of electronics manufacturers, and some that were better positioned to take on, I mean, BlackBerry, who just went extinct this last week, weren't they better positioned than Apple to be in the phone business? Apparently not. What about Kodak? Were they more equipped and better positioned to be in the camera business? Sure they were. But they said, we're gonna challenge the status quo. And the how they do their business is very, very different because we're going to make simple, easy to use, intuitive products. We're going to challenge the status quo. We're going to make simple, easy to use, convenient, intuitive products. We sell phones. We sell computers. We sell AirPods. We sell iPods. On we sell iPads. Would you like to buy one? Do you see how they reverse the order? And the culture of these companies are very different. Rick, you're, what are we talking about? Is this like an education on business or economics? What's our why? <clears throat> is not our why to provide the customer the kind of experience they're excited to tell a friend about? Like we believe fundamentally that buying and selling a home is an unforgettable experience that nobody ever forgets their last name. And that it affects everybody in the family. It doesn't just affect the buyer and seller, it affects the kid, grandparents, and then it affects all the local businesses and the communities. People move into a new community, and then you need a new chiropractor, and then you need a new automotive shop, and then you need new restaurants. And we believe that that experience is at the center of everything we do, that the customer deserves the kind of buying and selling experience that they're excited to tell a friend about. Has our industry historically been known to deliver exceptional services. Nope. Because in most <clears throat> surveys, people view a real estate agent one step above a used car salesman. Friends, that should not be. So you say, Rick, why do you operate as a team? Why do we do things as specialists rather than generalists? Because that, how we do business through our team members, team members that are humble, <clears throat> hungry and people smart, Team members that are specialists and not generalists can provide a better experience. Are you more, is, some, is a general contractor a better person to fix a plumbing leak or would it be a plumber? If you had a toothache, would you rather go to a dentist or to a general doctor? The dentist, the plumber is better equipped to handle that. Why do we operate as a team? Because it fits our why. The best way for us to deliver the kind of experience that people are excited to tell a friend about is to do it together.
Like you can go fast by yourself, but if you want to go far, you're going to go together as a team. If you want to serve 273 people, you're not doing that by yourself. You want to sell over 167 million? That doesn't happen alone. What do we do? We sell real estate. But it all stems from our why. And anytime we get this out of alignment, we start looking like cultures that we don't want to look like. But when I get this right, we win at a very high level. I watched a documentary last night on Comcast about Zig Ziglar. And one of his famous quotes was, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll always have what you want. You say, Rick, does this lead to sales? You know what I think it leads to? I think it leads to service. Serve this. There we go. I think it leads to service. I was on a conference call the other day with real estate brokers all around the country. And we were picking out what the metric we're going to use to evaluate success, what we call the WIG goal, right? Four disciplines of execution. And somebody said, well, we're going to use total sales volume. And that's cool. You can do that. Now, somebody else said, we're going to use the number of homes sold. You can do that. And they said, what are you going to use? I said, I'm going to use family served. It was amazing when I made that comment. One third of the group said, that's it. Keep focusing on serving families. It's not selling one, two, three Main Street. It's serving the Johnson family. A third of the people on the call were like, why would you ever do that? <laughs> Like, you're in the business to make sales. You're in the business to make money, to be profitable, don't you? Don't you have a family to support? And a third of them had no idea where they were even going to go themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you have to ask yourself the question, where is profitability on that chart? Where is you fulfilling your why of providing the kind of experience people are excited to tell a friend about? and supporting your family. Where does it exist here? Where is your commission on this chart? I'm going to tell you, I don't think it is at all. Because I think that is the result. And I think when we get this right, this order, that we do things because we want to provide our clients the kind of experience they're excited to help Every decision we make stems from that and how we do our business to better provide an experience to our clients and we're going to buy and sell, help people buy and sell real estate. The result will be massive income. And I actually believe that if you focus on sales, you deliver a bad service and a bad culture. If you focus on service, people will tell a brand about it, which means you have another client to serve, yes? yes. Happy clients beget more happy clients. John Maxwell says it this way, that profitability, or maybe your commission, is your client giving you a standing ovation. Like, we get this right, there'll be plenty of revenue, commission, income, for each of you and each of your family members, and it'll be like your client standing up and just giving you a standing ovation. Your mission is your client standing ovation. And when they tell others, and could there be a greater sign of appreciation than when they do repeat this or give you referrals? I don't think so. The more I focus on getting these right, 
which leads to serving others, the more the result comes in. And the more I try to rearrange these, and I get them backwards, we see services that begin to fail and that culture So you say, Rick, tell me more about why, how, and what. I don't have the time to do it. That's why you gotta come for the next two weeks. Because the next two weeks, I'm gonna to talk to you about what our why is, why it originated, and how you can share it simply with others. I'm also gonna tell you how we do that. How do we deliver people the kind of experience they're excited to tell a friend about? And the final week, I'm gonna to talk to you this month about what we're trying to accomplish in the market and the five things that I have found that if we let them in our team, they will destroy it. They'll be like roadblocks on our way to delivering the kind of experience of So I hope that you'll join us for the next two virtual team meetings and I'll pick up this discussion. Has this been helpful?